either way, um, it just shows that uh, the family is there to help her out no matter what. It just seems that Rita was a little bit selfish because she never told uh, the family that, hey, I'm just kind of stressed out, etc., etc. Then again, um, you gotta be. A, then again, like I understand the pressure of Rita Loud that she has to be there for her uh, family, her kids, no matter what. And saying stuff like that is gonna be. Uh, it's gonna get uh, the kids denied and stuff. But um, no matter what, um, she has, she learns her lesson and everything. And so, also the family learns their lesson too. So in the end, um, it all worked out. And. Now it seems that it's now it, it seems that everything's now functioning properly. So yeah, I, I must say this was not a bad episode. Uh, but this is one of the first epi- one of the first episodes for Read Aloud to actually have her own, and uh, it was not a bad introduction for uh, for Rita to have her own episode. Yeah, uh, I thought it was an okay episode. Uh, I think the one thing with this episode is her constantly breaking laws and just like further escalating. Uh, the, the, the situation to where she gets uh, the jail time and more free time away from the family. I think that's kind of uh, uh, it's kind of twisted, I guess, as far as uh, for for a kids show. But I mean, it's an enjoyable episode. I don't think it's overly funny. Uh, I just think it's one of, it's one of those episodes to me. Is you just kind of watch it, and it, I don't know. It's just enjoyable. It's nice to see them have sort of a an episode. Uh, you know, they started splitting out season three. They, just, they did focus on all these different characters. And, and the good thing about this episode is you do get to uh, know Rita a little bit more. And uh, out from her perspective, you know, dealing with this large family. Doing how it can stress you out. So there, that is a realistic factor to this episode. So, uh, like I said, not maybe, maybe not one of my favorites. It's enjoyable. Uh, I mean, it's definitely you can something you can, if it comes on as a re- What's the title for the episode? Rita her rights is sort of a, a pun on uh, read her rights, the uh, the Miranda warning and different things like that. So uh, I don't I didn't catch a lot of references in this episode. Uh, I don't know if y'all did, but really. Not- not really, actually. And then again, I only have to watch the other episode again. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't see a lot of references to the episode either. So yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out again sometime to see if I missed anything. It's definitely just kind of a, 
uh, you know, just a relaxing episode just to watch. And so I'm going to go with 7 out of 10 just as well. And we'll be moving on to Teachers Union. And in this episode, Lincoln and Clyde try to play matchmaker between Mrs. Johnson and Coach Bukowski. So, what do y'all think of this episode? Um, this one was something I did not see coming. What I know was that this episode was was a Lincoln Clyde episode, but never I saw the plot going into this direction. So this episode was kind of really unexpected because not only it focused on Lincoln and Clyde, but it also kind of gave a focus for the first time on um, Coach Bukowski and Mrs. Johnson. So it was really interesting to see, you know, their character character development grow a little bit. Um, and there were lots of great funny moments on that episode. I especially love the opening scene with the dodgeball where everyone gets just gets hit in the face constantly. It's, um, it's really good. Um, but so yeah, so it's uh, another awesome Clinkin in the cloud crossover. So yeah, really enjoyed that episode. Okay. So back to the, uh, the teachers' union. Um, well, I mean, the title kind of gave it off that it was going to be involving the teachers. And if you saw the little previews of the uh, episode on the commercials, kind of thought, kind of sees that there's going to be something going on between uh, Mrs. Johnson and Coach Bukowski. And then again, like we've seen those previews on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, um, it was kind of cool seeing how Lincoln and Clyde tried to be matchmaker. I love the fact that. Lincoln tried to ask Laurie for advice, and of course Laurie was thinking that it was actually Lincoln that was supposed to, you know, have that that she she, she was talking to Lincoln and thought Lincoln was the person that uh, he was that Lincoln was talking about, but instead, uh, of course, it was Coach Bukowski. Um, then again, it's like, like a little, it's like a little body move between Link, uh, Laurie and Lincoln. So I love to see that kind of chemistry, especially in the family. But anyway, back to the point. Um, yeah, uh, I like the fact that Lincoln and Clyde did help me those two together but at the same time it turned out to be uh wrong just because they got the facts wrong and yeah at the end of the day, at the end of the day um coach Bukowski wanted to whip their butts but he gets the uh he gets um he gets hurt back what kind of is great is that it still ended with a happy ending but for coach Bukowski because he ended up with that nurse and ever since then if you've been watching the latest episodes of the sh- of the show they are, they have been together a lot. So, a little foreshadowing here, but I'm thinking there's something going on between the uh, Nurse Patty and Bush um, Pukowski. And also for Mrs. Johnson, I don't know what's happening with her. She did say that she looks like she's getting hitched with the janitor, but at the same time, nothing's been going on between those two. Mrs. Johnson, on the other hand, I, I mean, but we'll see. We're going to talk more about it later on in another episode uh, from this list. But, um, yeah, I must say, um, Another Quick at the Cloud episode. It's not bad. I was say it was uh, pretty good. Yeah, that's all I can say. Um, yeah, I think um, I like I kind of like the motive that Lincoln and Clyde have here because they wanted gym class to be less painful, so they figured if Coach Bukowski wasn't lonely and he was happy and he was with somebody, uh, he'd be less likely to uh, have them engage in extra physical activities. 
and probably the same even for Mrs. Johnson. I figure if she's in a better mood, she ain't going to give homework or quizzes or whatever. So I, I thought that was kind of a funny plotline uh, to the episode. And again, this is uh, it's just part of a, a greater thing that they were doing with season three. It's like they're just focusing on all these different characters while still having the main characters in there. And they get to know all these different people, just sort of the way, it's just the way The Simpsons started out. So I, I kind of like uh, having these different episodes, even if they're not like overly funny. Or, or just like over the top, or you know, hilarious, or really good. It's a, it's like a, it's, it, I kind of feel the same way about this episode as I do Rita her rights. It's just kind of a uh, an average episode to me, but I understand where they're going with it. And as far as references, uh, um, I don't, I haven't found, I didn't find any like good references for this episode either. But I, what I do want to point out is that this episode was the last episode where Clow Harris, the original voice of Clyde, yes. voiced him. Here in this episode, you could definitely tell at this point he reached puberty and he sounded a lot different than the Clyde we um, heard in the last couple of years. So that was his grand finale. And then after that, Andre Robinson became the yeah. of Clyde, starting from, the next, from this next appearance onwards. So... Yeah, oh, well, you're right about that, actually. That is another yeah. point to point out. Because um, you're right, like, you can totally hear the difference uh, from, like, the previous episodes of Season 3 to now when it comes to Teacher's Union. Yeah, his voice got a whole lot deeper. It kind of sucks, because, like, I, I guess, like, when you get older, of course, puberty hits, and your Adam's apple gets to give you a deeper voice. And uh, it really does suck for uh, Khalil Harris. He's into acting now, so he's best off there. But of course, we'll still remember him as, you know, Pipe McBride. The first Pipe McBride there. Now, but Andre Robinson right now, Andre Robinson right now is killing it, so uh, props out to him. Uh, one thing that it is similar to is an episode of Recess in which TJ and his friends try to hook up Miss Finster and Hank. So, uh, what do y'all give this for a 10 rating? Um. I think I'll give this one a solid 8.5 out of 10. I'll have to give this a... Uh, the same thing like Rita Her Rights. Around 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm right there on the... Uh, I'm going to give it the same thing as uh, Rita Her Rights. 7 out of 10. So, next episode is Head Poets Anxiety. And, of course, this is uh, one of the more really liked episodes of the season uh, I, I would say by the loud crowd in general. Lucy is uh, really depressed because of her point being rejected and uh, Luann comes up for a plan for Lucy how to be a better poet and that's the, the uh, general uh, synopsis of the episode uh, so Clark Leader and I uh, what's your review of this episode? This is a very interesting episode because this marked the first time that Luann and Lucy got their own episode and also the first time we got to see a lot of their character development it really shows that although you know Luann makes up jokes all the time you can also see that she really does care about her sisters and basically um this episode is basically just about you know the ups and downs of pursuing a life in the arts you know the there's like you know the positive sides and then there's the negative sides 
Um, but other than that, um, it was really good, and I especially loved the ending where um, Lucy dedicated her poem to Luann, and you could just definitely tell in that moment the sisterly bond between them, you know, is very, very close. So, um, but yeah, basically this episode just uh, gives you the life lesson that if you want to pursue something, uh, that there will be positive and negative effects into pursuing that type of career. So, yeah, so, so yeah. All right, well, what can I say about this episode? Well, yeah, um, see, that just pretty much put the, the point there that this was an episode where we get to see two characters that we never thought would interact, like Luann and Lucy. Um, well, we did again, like, Luann had, this is an episode where Luann had a dream and she wanted to, you know, be the first young artist in the, the youngest uh, performer in the Royal Woods Theater. That was one of her dreams. Uh, but what happened was that with all the training that Luann gave to Lucy, it pretty much gave Lucy the power to actually get the, uh, the honor of being the youngest person to perform in the Royal Woods, in the Royal Woods Theater, which pretty much breaks her dreams. But I understand Luann's point of like when somebody breaks your dreams or like you know breaks your heart and stuff like that you get hella jealous that's why all the cringy faces of Luann pops up um cause she uh did a lot of work more than Lucy to get into a, to, to try to get into a position like that but Lucy just went the easy way um so it kind of feels like Luann's help pretty much pushed Lucy to be much better than her and of course the whole the whole uh, second half of the episode was just full of jealousy where Luann is just continuously starting to hate, uh, just hates on Lucy, and doesn't even want to be on the show, and it wasn't until Lincoln started to tell why uh, Luann was acting like that, that Lucy wanted to actually give up on that role, and then in the end, Luann told her, don't do this, uh, Lucy, continue pursuing your dreams, um, what kind of, like, like, what kind of a teacher would I be if I won't let you, you know, get there to your performance, so the same, so... Lucy ended up performing, and at the same time, it ended out really well. What really is uh, striking is that the whole chemistry between Luann and Lucy—you never expect such a such a sisterly moments, such great sisterly moments between those two. And I'm just really happy to see that all work out. And it really was a really—it was a really good episode, I must say. Um, no doubt about it. It was one of the most mentioned um, episodes from from everybody here watches the loud house and it makes sense this was really a touching episode and yeah it was really good yeah um with this episode it's, it's very well written and it's interesting to see the relationship between Luann as she mentors Lucy and then she kind of becomes jealous of her but at the end you know she uh, you know she was grateful that she was able to succeed performing at the Royal Woods Theater and Basically, with this episode, is, is you really you see a lot of heart from these two characters with with Luann and Lucy, and it, it definitely uh, it was just a great episode all over. And uh, that they can get away. That it doesn't always have to be um, your uh, your uh, campy humor or slapstick comedy and everything. They can have sort of a serious moment 
in these episodes uh, without getting too dark. And, and it definitely shows, though, like both of their personalities and both of their dreams. And I just, I, I love the, the overall theme of, of Luann mentoring Lucy. And hopefully they'll, they'll have another episode in the future where they have them together because uh, they did, they had real good chemistry here. As far as the references for this episode, uh, Head Poets and Anxiety is the title of uh, an old 1989 film, Dead Poets Society. Hmm. Interesting. I have a question. Um, you know the joke that uh, Luann pops up, the why can't Timmy ride a goldfish? Why can't Timmy ride a bicycle because Timmy ride Timmy's is a goldfish? I kind of heard that somewhere else. If you guys know about that, I will say that kind of sounds familiar, but I don't really know where it is. I kind of feel like whenever he, I kind of feel like whenever Luann says Timmy, it kind of makes it feel like something fairly up here is related. It, it very well could be. That's the first thing I'm thinking of when he said it. Because I know the Wan said it twice. Oh, no, po- no laughing matter in this episode. So I was wondering, like, this is like a, this is like a thing that Luann would love to, you know, put a joke on. But you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like that's a reference. I, I don't know anything else uh, besides references here in this uh, show, in this episode. And sometimes you. Two facts I know. Yeah. With, with the Luann references, sometimes you gotta watch because sometimes they're from like really old shows or really old comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two facts I know about this episode is first off, and it kind of seems right from the other fact I mentioned, this is the first episode to feature Andre Robinson's debut as Clyde. And also, this episode is known to have been postponed because originally this episode was supposed to air on April 20th but it got pushed back to June 4th. So why? And I consider that very frustrating. So why though? Do you actually know the reason why? Was it just because uh, Nickelodeon decided to just push it back on that month? I think they had like a huge summer schedule happening Um, and I I think and Theory, I, and I think my theory is that at that time they were reviving Double Dare, so I, my theory is something to that. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I forgot that. Yeah, there was a time last year that there was no new episodes, and a couple couple of the loud crowd was kind of frustrated about it. It wasn't until summer that it got picked up, and well, now you get to see all the new episodes that just popped up last year. So, yeah. And the longest hiatus we had was recently um, from December until February. Of I, think it might actually break, I think it might actually break it because we're having a hiatus ourselves right now. Yes, with yeah. season four on its way this summer. I'll have a uh, 10 rating for this episode. Um, head Poets Anxiety. Wow. Again, an episode I never expected and also love the bond and I love the chemistry between Luann and Lucy so the eyes deserves a 9 out of 10 okay so out of all the Loud House episodes nothing actually was striking was actually as striking as this like wow this was really good touches my heart family touches the family aspect of the show it really I, I don't see any flaws when it comes to this episode maybe the Luann jokes but Come on, this is Luann we're talking about. There's nothing wrong with her jokes sometimes. I had actually... This is a really interesting one, but I'm going to give it a 10. Out of 10. This is one of those times I actually give a 10 for. So, 
Headboard's anxiety was a really good episode. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty close right there with you. I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. It's just a very well-written episode, and hopefully, like I said, we get to see uh, more of uh, Luann and Lucy together in, in more episodes, because they definitely had some chemistry here. So, moving on to the next episode, The Mad Scientist. This one here is a Lisa-based episode, where Lisa gets invited to work at an institute and gets away from her crazy family, and, you know, she thinks she's going to like it at first, but then she ends up being lonely. And part of the, uh, the, the basic summary of the episode... Motor Cleater 9, do you have uh, your review? Um, this is another interesting episode. Um, again, and... No offense to the loud crowd out there. I really don't like Lisa as a character that much, but I will say there are a few episodes where I saw were very interesting about her character. This um, has to be one of them um, because she gets her dream job. She gets to um, go to the institute and finally gets to pursue her her career as you know a genius, but at the same time. She has to make a huge sacrifice and leave her family behind. And you can definitely tell as the episode goes on that she really misses her family. And, you know, and that it's really hard to let go of things. So it's one of those episodes where you want to do something, but when you get there, there's that sacrifice you have to make. And it's very hard. And it's another everyday life situation that people go through and um yeah so another very interesting episode in my eyes and possibly um i have a love and hate i love and hate this episode at the same time i don't know why and i don't know i can't explain like why why for some reason but it's just you know just very interesting Alright, so my take on um, The Mad Scientist, yes, this is another uh, Lisa episode, um, but this is an episode where this, like, takes on Lucy's, uh, sorry, not Lucy, Lisa's future, and uh, her pursuit when it comes to uh, becoming a mad, becoming a scientist and all. Um, of course, it, make, it makes sense why Lisa wants to move out, because there's just so much distractions in the family, especially in a household full of, 11, uh, full of like, ten kids and their parents. That can also get ridiculous as well. So, getting into a, a, a you know a small uh, sorry a, a institute that was um, you know all full of science and gizmos and everything like that, it does feel more fitting for Lisa. And of course, she um, understands that that she wants to stay there, which apparently the family agreed upon. Still, though, she's just a four-year-old. Yet, you know, it, it, I mean, it makes sense why um, uh, Lisa. Why, why the family was concerned on having Lisa move, but at the end, Lisa is did move out and went into the institute. The other thing too is that she's missing a lot on the family side as well. Even if your chart said that she's more towards research than her family, which I found ridiculous. Um, yeah, and Lisa just uh, would would understand later on, like during the nighttime when she was just sleeping by herself, um, that without any family members, she can't do anything. 
She can't bake a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. She can't uh, zip up her pajamas. She can't go to bed. She can't read, read to go to bed. Um, and of course, it made her want to rethink it. Um, and of course, change the chart again. But uh, but the weirdest part is the ending because it does bring the whole bring the her uh, experiment of the time travel thing back to back to fruition. But at the same time, it kind of makes me feel like oh um, no oh time machine brought her back to that time where she. She now denies going into the institute instead of going to the institute. Kind of makes me feel like we're doing Topsy Turvy all over again. Kind of reminds me of um, a certain, a certain kind of episode, certain episodes just like that. That kind of goes to the negative side of things. So yeah, that's how I explain uh, how. Matt's- yeah, in, in some ways this is uh, similar to Rita her rights. Instead of Rita, it's Lisa who kind of just wants to get away from the family and focus on her work and everything. And it's just, uh, it's kind of sweet how she kind of just, when she gets there, she realizes she forgets the little things about hanging out with her family, watching the dreamboat and, and different things like that. And um, I do think, you know, it's kind of far-fetched. It's a, she is four years old, you know, just, you know, just going, to, going away at four years old. I mean, that's kind of that's really far-fetched when you think about it. But overall, I do think it's an enjoyable episode. Um, I kind of, I probably like Lisa more as a character uh, than some. I think so. sometimes uh, she'll have some of the best sarcastic comments uh, throughout the episodes, and they kind of get overlooked. So uh, I thought it was interesting to see. I always thought her character was kind of loosely based around of uh, Daria, uh, just sort of a younger version. Definitely agree with you on there. Yeah. Uh, a couple of interesting references. Uh, Luna mentions uh, uh, a song from Foreigner, Cold as Ice. It's an old classic rock song. Yep. Uh, and so Luna does this quite often in these episodes. Just random, throws out an old classic rock song. That in this episode. Also, uh, plutonium and garbage are mentioned as some of the materials Lisa uses to power her time. Yeah, and I also noticed that this episode is kind of similar to a um, episode of the Simpsons, of the uh, yeah episode of the Simpsons from season fifteen called Smart and Smarter because that kind of had the same kind of um, plot. So yeah, very similar, and also um, both episodes involve um, the smart elite character moving to a science in- institute. So. That's pretty interesting too. Um, I mean, I, I I didn't catch much references. All I know is that that wormhole kind of reminds me about Rick and Morty for some reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, of course, multiple universes, but uh, of course, wormholes and things like that. That's more more towards like going back in time and everything. So I kind of feel like there's some references of Rick and Morty in this. Of course, that's just me becoming a fan of that show. So. <laughs> Uh, well, Lisa's character is kind of parallel with Rick Sanchez on certain levels, and she does have a little bit of a twisted sense of humor. Not as twisted as Rick Sanchez. But oh, not as twisted, no. <laughs> yeah, Rick, Rick is incredibly different. He, like, I mean, a lot of there's a lot of differences between Rick and Lisa. So, <laughs> right, but there are some there are subtle similarities. Because there the are some similarities. Yeah, there are you know bad scientists and all, but not as you know freaking scientist scientific as like. Well, last as like Rick, but I, I think 
Lisa has more of a moral compass. Let's just say that. Yeah. Let's just keep. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Um. Anyway, what what's y'all's ten review for this episode? Um. Like I said, love and hate. I think there's there's certain moments I liked. Some some moments I kind of wish you know kind of got more improved. But other than that, it was another interesting episode, kind of like Frida, her rights. Um, so I get this episode, in my opinion, a uh, 7.5 out of 10. Well, for me, um, I just I just feel like the ending kind of just makes it a little topsy-turvy. Just that, just that it kind of feels like a dream. Like, oh, this happened, and then she went back in time. She Like, this was supposed to happen, but it went back in time and then changed everything. Thing like happen so in my case I would have to give it a six out of five, a six out of ten in this yeah I think I'm gonna give it a seven point five out of ten to me I enjoyed it uh like I said I kinda like Lisa's character I thought it had some funny moments in it but again it's like it's just sort of a pattern on season three where they're just going they're just going through the motions with every character. So in, in this episode basically Lincoln and Clyde they're still in the ace Abbey and then they kinda realize their classmates uh, aren't into it anymore, and they kind of look at the demographic of the A-Savvy fans, and they're, they're all like, um, yeah, this episode, um, is another kind of life lesson, where sometimes in life, you gotta, um, abandon stuff, and you grow up, um, it's also pretty cool, for real for the very um first time um the moral to the episode is you know even though you're older you can never be too old to still you know do certain things you know like it's kind of a little bit off subject you know like there are certain things that you know I've outgrown a lot but there are certain things that still remain a part of me, even to this very day. So, basically that, the episode is kind of like, you know, kind of like that, you know, so. Um, and, um, there are lots of good moments here, like, I, what the, an interesting part about that episode is, you know, is that, um, it just, you know, we got to see what they liked about Ace Savvy because we knew a lot about it in the previous episode, so, yeah, so, but other than that, it's just really, really, really good. Alright, um, so, this episode, um, really does hit me quite a bit, um, and it just because it, when I looked at the episode, it kind of reflects on me. Um, looking at Lincoln and Clyde, where, yeah, it, the story is pretty much where Lincoln and Clyde are getting older. They're kind of getting out of their phase of be, of becoming, like, you know, getting into stuff, like, um, uh, what was it, uh, like, Ace Savvy. And it's kind of like, when I look at the episode, it kind of relates towards me, because, like, hey, I am getting myself older, too, and I am, hey, there are some stuff that I liked before, but I ended up, you know, now that I'm growing older, like, I can't. I don't have time to actually. Um, I don't have time to actually get into those kind of things anymore. So, 
course, there's a side of me that says, like, why aren't you in that stuff anymore? And then there's a side of me that says, like, you're growing up. You really got to get out. You really got to get off your face. Um, and, you know, we go through a lot of these phases, like for Lincoln and Clyde, where they were into a savvy. They're into comic books. They go to conventions. I mean, I'm a person that go to conventions as well. And some of the, I mean, some are, they're all fun. Like, conventions are really fun. Kind of getting off subject here, but at the same time, you're, there's so much that are going to prep. There's so much pressure that's going on to you. Like you have school, you have work, like all that kind of stuff. And that's what Lincoln and Clyde are getting into. Then again, like it, then again, Lincoln and Clyde with um, their aspect, they are older kids. They're about to go to junior high, or and then, oh sorry, middle school. And um, having them become a savvy fans is not a thing that they should be getting into. So I understand why um, Lincoln and Clyde were kind of like that, but then what kind of was great at the end was that there were a lot a lot of older fans more than, a lot of older fans also that are into Ace Heavy than, uh, than Lincoln and Clyde so that they have nothing to worry about, which is true. There are a lot of fans that are going to be older than us that love, love the things that we do. And people should understand that. And, you know, we, we, have, to, we have to understand that as well. So it's like, continue on. It's kind of like a life lesson that's really cool that this episode portrayed. Like, keep on, um, keep on being a fan of what you are. Um, and if you're out of it, that's fine. But of course, um, if you're into the newest kind of fans that are happening around, just continue to become fans, and there's going to be another fan that's probably going to, uh, they're probably around the same age or probably older than you that's going to like the same thing. And uh, that's what I got from this episode. It was a uh, pretty life, uh, <laughs> it's pretty like a uh, life le- learning episode in this one. Yeah, with, with this episode, uh, I think uh, sort of an important message here is like, don't be afraid to be who you are. If you like something, you know, don't be ashamed to show it. And so a lot of the things that they, they were uh, trying in this episode, they went and did all these different things, but it wasn't them. And that's, they, they were into these other things. And so at the end, when they, when, uh, when they meet Lori's friends and they realize, oh, there's older kids that are Hey, savvy. It made him feel more comfortable. Like, uh, but, and, and I think it's just an important thing. And, and for myself, going to all these different conventions and seeing people like being able to express themselves and however they want to express themselves. I mean, I've seen bikers dressed as Pokemon characters, for example, or something like. That. People should be able to express themselves and, and be fans of whatever show or whatever, whatever comic or whatever they're into. And, and not be like ridiculed for it. Of course, you know, kids being kids, you're going into middle school, like y'all are saying that you know, there is going to be that. Uh... You know, elementary school age, they're like, oh, you know, you're just a baby, grow up, get out of that type of thing. But I think it does have an important message there. Uh, as far as references, uh, the, the, the term deal me out is sort of like a poker term. Kind of does, yeah. Um, yeah. Get to see, uh, we get to see Lori Lenny's friends again. <laughs> if you want to put that as a reference. <laughs> um, we do in this episode get to see how Clyde and Lincoln got to meet for the very first time, and and how they met was during Halloween. Um, a few years back, Lincoln was chasing Lynn, who um, ran so fast she went. Right through Clyde, and then Lincoln didn't pay attention, bumped heads with Clyde, and resulted in him getting a nosebleed. And Lincoln offered him to use his cape 
and that's how they met. And um, it was revealed in a um, let me think. Yeah, in an Ask Lincoln Loud thing on Instagram that they have been friends for six years. So it's really interesting how we got to see how they finally met for the first time. So really, really interesting. Yeah, that was a good backstory. So also interesting, this is Tex Hammond's first appearance on the Loud House as <laughs> That's right. That's right, yeah. Forgot that he was uh, voicing one of the side characters. Actually, what's kind of weird is that, kind of weird is that when you hear, hear his voice, it's really no difference to Lincoln today. <laughs> you can totally notice it. It's kind of a foreshadow of what's to come. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, y'all have uh, your 10 rating for this episode? Um, I gotta say, pretty interesting episode. Also, a very good life lesson. Um, not really one of my favorite episodes, but it was okay in my opinion. So, get this episode 8 out of 10. Okay episode. I'm with ZL9 um, uh, on this one. Uh, there was a Really good episode. Yeah, there were a couple of flaws in this episode that I kind of want to point out, but no, I mean, it's going to be probably long for me to say this. But the thing is, the main importance of this episode came to be was that it was a life lesson for all of us that we should continue on liking what we like. No one's going to judge you and all that other stuff. I have to give this also an 8 out of 10. Uh, I, I went a little bit higher on this episode. I actually went 9 out of 10. Like I said, I think it does have an important thing about being who you are and not being able to. Uh, not being ashamed of yourself and uh, the things that you're into. It's not like the funniest episode, but I think it has an important message to, to say there. We're going to go on to the next episode, which is Frenzy. And in this episode, Lincoln realizes that having a friend over comes with special privileges, and so basically all the sisters kind of catch on to what's going on here and you basically end up where people are, everybody's inviting all their friends over and over and so you end up with a house full of like, I don't know, it was like 100 people here in the house and so this, this is rather, uh, this is sort of a throwback to the older season one episodes. Yeah, um, definitely does. This episode to me, definitely, I can definitely see, does throw back to season one to the earlier episodes where basically the episode would just run as they have a situation, they would fight, and then everything would go great at the end. So it's kind of a throwback to the old style of how the Loud House originally went. Um, but much more chaotic, crazier. <laughs> um, and to this day, I think it's one of the most craziest episodes of the Loud House and possibly the craziest episode of um, season three. Um, definitely can see, you know, having a friend over is awesome. Um, but just don't invite too much, or else it's gonna. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those, you know. Um, but. Um, it's still. F it still shocks me that there were 65 kids at that house. Um, but, yeah, but, I, it's, 
another one of those episodes that I love and hate. Um, really, lots of funny laughs. Um, but again, there could have been some things that could have, you know, might have been improved on. I love the ending where, um, where everyone leaves, and then later the parents are like, oh, we brought our own people over, so that's like, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was really great episode. Love and hate, um, pretty okay in my eyes. Um, alright, so let me get to my review here. Um, so what to say about Frenzy? Um, I kind of thought this episode was alright. Um, I like how, um, every- I like how it was all, like, going into fruition, and then they have to go all the way back to, like, a couple of days ago, where Lincoln starts to do the whole, starts the whole thing about learning because of bringing a friend over, they get more of an advantage. So in this case, he he learned that because Lynn brought a friend over. So in this case, um, Lincoln did the same thing and brought Clyde over, and all the advantages go to him. And then the chain effect continues on, um, where... Lynn would bring a friend over, and then uh, Lola would bring a friend over. Things things like that go on, and um, and then it all ends up with uh, what Seal Nine said. Um, there's just so many kids in uh, the Loud House that uh, it just becomes ridiculous. Uh, and of course, the cops had to come in because of the whole noise complaints and everything. And, what kind of, and then of course, the ending was kind of funny because they brought friends over to, <laughs> even though the lesson was kind of you know uh, redundant there. Um, uh, after showing that up, so it was it was a pretty funny episode. Um, not bad, not bad to say. Yeah, uh, like I said, it's kind of a throwback to season one. Like I said, I want to give a shout out to the animators on this episode, and this this one had what? Uh, actually, if you add up all the characters, it's like eighty. Anyway, uh, it's a funny episode. Uh, the parents, yeah, they were kind of, but. Yeah, it's it's just like to me, it's just reminds. Yeah, um, that's really it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I could definitely say that during the episode, there were lots of cameo appearances of some certain Loud House characters, like Darcy. I saw. Yep. Um, Sam, the return of Sam, the first, the first appearance since Alice for Love, um, though in a much more reduced role than I originally thought, but it was great to at least, you know, see her. Um, though her real big moment came later in season three, but um, actually, um, I'm gonna say that one of my um, last fans at the time, um, when I did a CLI review to Racing Hearts, I completely forgot that the sisters actually already knew Sam and already knew about Luna and Sam's relationship. So when I was reacting to the episode, you know, I was like, oh my god, they, like, they know. But then I realized, I was like, oh my god, I forgot about that episode. And that they already knew and they're okay with it. So, <laughs> big mistake in my part. Um, but, but yeah, it's, I saw a couple of um, familiar faces. I, even a couple that later got, you know, some of their old episodes some of, um, later episodes. So, um, but yeah, not. Um, yeah, I want to bring up some other references that also were there, too, like, um, so, like, Lucy's, um, 
was it like Lucy's Club? Was it the uh, whatever that whatever that club that had like a haiku in it? So um, she also got referenced again. Um, there's also uh, I don't know about Lola's pageant queen pageant girls, but I know there was a lot of them that popped up. Even um, people that you saw from what was that, what was that episode? Uh, uh, down and now. I don't think there actually were people from Down and Out in that episode. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, what was that episode I talk about? Uh, oh, oh, DSS Resolution. You saw a couple of, of characters that were also in there as well. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, um, the one the, the one Kong girl, I forgot her name. Um, she was part of Luann's uh, group. Of course, Darcy for Lisa's group. Um, Marco was also there again. Um, a lot of Lynn's friends were there. So, um, yeah, it kind of ref- it's kind of cool that they reflect back to old, the old war, um, before, Fren- before Frenzy came out and brought in most of the characters to come back and, you know, get an appearance. So, it's kind of, you know, nostalgia that we get to see. See them again, even though they only had, like, a little small role in it. Um, as far as any other references, I don't see it. Oh, there is, there is, there is, um... There is one thing during the episode I did see is that Lisa at one point brings out the threat level chart that appeared in the episode Brawl on the Family. That's right. That's right. That's another reference there. Which, which, which in my opinion, is not one of the best episodes, in my opinion. Please no. Not in this, not in this one. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> uh... Anyway, uh, y'all have a 10 review for this episode. Um, oh, this is hard. Uh, <laughs> pretty okay. I think the plot was really, um, again, it's one, it's, it's, again, it's like the other episode, um, well, some parts, some parts could have been more approved. Um, yeah, I'm gonna get this episode. Yeah, it's hard for me to pick up um, anything about this episode. I like the fact that they reference all the friends back of War Frenzy, which makes total sense. Um, but then again, it's, it was okay. Not really the best episode to say. Um, not one that would actually stand out out of the rest. I would give it a 7 out of 10. What is up, guys? I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm here to tell you that you can listen to these episodes on iTunes and on SoundCloud. The link will be in the bio below. So if you're out there jogging, chilling, and you need something to listen to for like an hour, definitely check us out. Again, we're on iTunes and SoundCloud. Now, back to the show. I really wanted to see and 
it actually happened. So that was pretty interesting. Um, it's also shocking that they actually have their own money jar and actually collect money, so that's pretty cool too. Um, I really love this episode. Lots of great moments. I especially loved the song. Wanted. 
You know that song. Yep, but the go-go's. Um, I know it was revealed by Miguel Puga. Sorry if I said his name wrong. He's one of the storyboard writers on the Lighthouse. There are actually five deleted scenes from this episode, and um, and the order of them go. Um, first off, the prisoner was originally supposed to lift his head when he was introduced. Um, second, the wheel of the plane was originally shown when they were flying over the solo. Uh, number three, the car carrier driver was originally going to jump off of a broken bridge. <laughs> Thank God I didn't show that one. Um, number four, Lisa's briefcase flies towards the plane. There's a huge explosion. And finally, near the end, right after the crop is out to on a farted, the word Finn appeared in the bottom right corner. Hmm. Interesting. And also, according to Rita, in one part during an episode, which I heard, Pop Pop, um, you know, the grandparents of the kids, uh, Pop Pop used to actually fly jets when he was in the military, so Pop Pop apparently was in the military back in the day, so we'll reference right there. And also, it's revealed that Lynn Sr. always carries his cowbell with him. Uh, maybe more yeah, so yeah. than his wallet. I was hella random when he was over to um, that cafe and ended up just bringing the, well, bringing the cowbell with him, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, what other references were there? A couple others, there is a upside-down McDonald's logo on a restaurant in the family. Hmm, didn't know that. There is one. Uh, the time the loud clouds arrived at the resort is 8.35 when they thought it was 8 o'clock. It's the same time that uh, Marty McFly at the beginning of the movie, uh, Back to the Future, uh, also thought that it was 8 o'clock, but it was actually 8.30. Wow. They, they, they love doing the Back to the Future references. Mm. I also noticed that um, the song they did in the special Road Trip and Blues, it kind of has a similar sound to the 1982 song Bad to the Bone by George Thorgone and the Destroyers. If you haven't heard that song, it's a really good song. I suggest you guys listen to that song. Really good. Uh, y'all have a 10 rating for it. I had a 10. I had a 10. Really good episode. Yeah, I gotta give it um, 8.5 out of 10. It was pretty good. Uh, next episode will be Past Your Bedtime. Liam is having a sleepover and invites all the friends over and but then girl Jordan comes up to the boys and she's got this party going on at the same time the, the boys don't want to be rude to Liam but they're kind of more interested in girl Jordan another episode that has a very awesome life lesson and that's choose whether you want to do one thing do the other thing um Lincoln's crew for the first, um, all four of the boys, and got to see their funny moments, and Girl Jordan got a little bit of the spotlight a little bit, so, um, too, so, really, really enjoyed that. But, so, past your bedtime, yeah, um, it does focus more on decision making when it comes to deciding which party to go to, either Liam or Girl Jordan's, but... Of course, the guys wanted to help support their best, their good friend Liam, and they went out to the, the to the bar and ended up having a well, having themselves a pretty good time. 
But, um, at the same time, Girl Jordan's party was happening at the same time, which looks to be better. They had a pool, they got, like, they got, um, a, was a sub bar, a tattoo bar, um, and a diving board where apparently Molly and Lincoln would actually compete to get which, like, what's the best dive and all that kind of stuff. Um, of course, Lee, of course, Zach wants to, not Zach, um, Rusty wants to be there just because of the girl boy party. The girls—that's what his character is, pretty much. But um, yeah, I, I kind of feel like um, when you decide to ditch on your friends, that's when karma started to kick in for the for the for uh, Lincoln and his friends. I mean, <laughs> first off, Rusty getting uh, an allergic reaction to the hot sauce. Zach losing most of his hair, and then Zach, and then Lincoln and Clyde about to walk out of their underwear. Um, yeah, I, I kind of felt that. Yeah, Karma got to them and ended up having a bad time at Girl Jordan, but at the same time getting embarrassed with it as well. So, I think what I think the lesson here is just to stick with what you have. And uh, you know, I, I understand like when you're, especially when you're like Lincoln and Clyde's age, you don't want to miss out that feeling, that that FOMO feeling, feeling feeling of missing out or feeling of being left out, uh, always come into fruition. And you know, that's most of us actually do that too. Like for me, for example, there's some things that I might miss out then, you know, I get to see everything from videos and pictures that I would obviously regret go regret not going. Um, that's what uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, Cl Lincoln, Clyde, and everybody else there needed to learn, but of course they didn't, and then at the same time they ended up having a bad time because of all the disasters that happened to them. And what's kind of funny is that Liam could be really mean. I mean, he was, a, he was a, apparently about to kill the pig. And I was just like, oh shit, okay, Liam, don't mess with me. <laughs> no, seriously. He just goes, he just goes and puts up a mean look. Seriously, don't mess with don't mess with me again. I'm like, okay, fuck you. <laughs> what kind of friend what kind of friend am I to you? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that was that was a that was a pretty funny reference there. Anyway, yeah, that's all I can say about it. Um this episode is memorable for me because um uh, when I saw it, I was in the emergency room. I broke my finger. Oh no! <laughs> oh man! I was throbbing in pain, and I'm like, "Well, this was actually distracting me from the pain on my finger." Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta give this episode a little bit more promise than maybe most people will. But um, anyway, uh, it does have a good message as far as you know. Don't ditch your friend like that. There are some funny scenes and. Um, uh, I think this is this might be the first episode where we get all the boys together and it's sort of like humiliating situation where you know like Biden their underwear is act with his hair falling out Rusty with his swollen mouth and uh, I'll come back to the barn and uh, Liam basically clowns them and then like you said Liam's little twisted joke at the end seriously across me like, yeah, oh my goodness, what, what's Lincoln talking about, or what's uh, Liam talking about there? <laughs> uh, but uh, there's some really good slapstick comedy in here, too. There's one scene in the barn at the beginning when they're having fun on the farm, where they're all swinging off the, the top of the barn there, and, and, and that back misses, and he hits this pole, and he just splats right into this pole, and he just slides down there, almost like a Looney Tunes. So it's like it's like, I have to kind of watch that episode twice to catch it because it's so quick. And I'm like, oh my god, that's hilarious. And uh, there's 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 a lot of funny scenes in this episode. And it's interesting to see where the 
Jim lives and again more of the different characters we got going on in the show. Like, you know, he did forgive him at the end. I thought that was cool even though kind of was messed up how they treated it. But, you know, it does show, it's an important thing about friendship and forgiveness. Uh, with that, and then, you know, obviously like Lincoln and Clyde and uh, well, Clyde didn't want to, really, Clyde did not want to do this. He was pressured into doing that. Oh. <laughs> that idea from the beginning. But the, the rest of them, Lincoln and Rusty and, and Zach, wanted to go to this party, and they kind of wanted to hang out with the more popular kids, I guess. Uh, but in the end, they kind of realized they're all kind of like dorks. Not in a bad way, just sort of in a funny way. They're all there for each other, and it's kind of cool that they all have. Yeah, you have, you have, you have, you have Lincoln and it's two friends who are like oh let's let's be let's be popular and you have Clyde he was like um no guys this, this is a bad idea <laughs> you should have actually listened to Clyde because he was the one who had a stomach issues that may have been a sign that they should have not gone <laughs> uh, another thing too about this episode we were thinking that this could be more towards girl Jordan actually having more of a care, more of a role in the show but um well that was my, my that was my prediction I thought after this episode, Girl Jordan will be more of a focus. That turned out to be totally wrong. <laughs> but at least they have like one episode where, hey, the Girl Jordan is something cool about her. An episode I do want to see in the future is definitely an episode that involves Lincoln and Girl Jordan. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. That would be so great. That would be so cool. Yeah, it would be so cool to see their friendship, and then we get to see. More of Girl I, Jordan's background. I kind of want to see more on Girl Jordan when it comes to dodgeball. Apparently, she's good at dodgeball. They keep on referencing her and says like, "Hey, Girl Jordan, the whistle blew." So I'm guessing like, yeah, she, she's very competitive or something. I'm all for an episode about her. I just don't want to see all the ships afterwards. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 tons of that. We have a lot of talk about that, but that'll be a later episode. Assertive and more aggressive, and 
this is um, a really interesting episode. I was really happy that we finally got a Lenny episode. was really happy because I love episodes that involve and her character because her character is so hilarious. Um, anyway, but it's really interesting. I really love this episode, especially how they teach her, like, oh, you're too weak. Like, you gotta be more aggressive. You gotta do this, you know? But really, the overall theme is, like, they're trying to make her be someone else that she's not, you know? You, like, you can't change any, anything about a person, you know? You just can't. You know, it's not humanly possible. Um, but, yeah. So that's kind of like the theme. And then there's lots of awesome moments. Lots of them I laughed. And, um, Lenny just bees Lenny. And also really good in this episode that she got a job at, um, what was it? Uh, Riding, some, riding, some. Ridingers. Ridingers. Yeah, Ryangers, Ryangers, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, that's kind of really cool. And then, you know, the next time we see her, we get to see her cre- career there. So that's kind of really cool, you know, like, in a way. Like, you have one episode that has that, and then the next, the next time she appears, the storyline continues from there. So really like that episode, really like that episode. A Lenny episode in my eyes is always going to be perfect so really love that episode and also really love the character development in her character so yeah really love it okay uh, but yeah uh, so Shop Girl I gotta say this, this was um, something that I would expect for Lenny um, to get some they get some sort of lesson from her sister from her sister's end of course Lincoln um, and of course it is to get tougher uh, she's way too nice, and she, but because but then again, like she's an angel, like she's way way too nice. Of course, when she comes to that shopping spree, she got nothing back, and so Lenny, so uh, Lori and the rest of her sisters and Lincoln decided to trade her. They got as much she got as much trade as she can, and it, it actually applied really well to that sale. She ended up getting as much uh, clothes as she got, but at the same time, she also is giving away a lot of clothes during while in line trying to pay. But at the same time, she's helping she's helping out. Um, she's helping everybody out, and what's kind of cool at the end was that all those people that helped that lady helped out helped lady back with giving free food, giving a gift card to the ice cream shop, and of course the biggest one, which is she got her job in Ridingers. And uh, now in every lady episode that you see, it gets a reference to uh, Lady's new job. So there's a brand new story that gets built up in this uh, from this uh, episode. So. Now that we get to see this whole new story of Lenny uh, looking into her future, I like the fact also about the CEO, the ABCs of being a CEO, that little feature, little segment where Lenny apparently is a CEO of a business. Just that, that, that's like, that tells you like she could be very successful. She is still going to be, look, looks to be very successful, um, depending, looking at how um, things go for her. So yeah, she's turned out to be, this turned out to be a really good Lenny episode. Um, and props out to her and her new job. Yeah, uh, this one has an important message too, and, and you know that the, the show has gone through several movies where uh, where they try to change a character to, from what she is, and you know Lenny is this, this giving personality. 
they do make her more assertive at a point, and she ends up calling and everything. But then she, you know, it's just not her, so she has to go back to. Her. And I like how like people think Lenny's weak, but she's actually strong here. She's willing to say, "Hey, look, this is who I am," and I think that's uh, that's a pretty cool uh, element of her character there. So, reading up this episode. So, sorry, what are you gonna say? Uh, one thing I was thinking of is, is I don't know that there's any references in this episode, but it does definitely remind me of Black Friday and all the craze. <laughs> oh, you're right uh, about that. You're right about that. I go, I, I go Black Friday shopping too, but that, that but if, when it comes to a big sale like that, oh shit, that, that's gonna get crazy all of a sudden. Everybody's trying to get the same clothes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can oh, definitely like reference there. Yeah. Slash 
not so good episodes of the show, but it's okay, you know, but they really could have done better for this episode. So I kind of considered this one of those moments of the show where it was really a downer in my eyes, really much of a, you know, a downer. But it was okay in a way, and there were a couple of funny moments, I will say. Um, But yeah, other than that, could have been more crude, but slightly okay. Alright, let me just... Alright, let me go to my review here. Uh, uh, Yeah, what would Lincoln do? Um, This one was uh, mediocre, to say, just because, you know, yeah, this was supposed to be um, Lincoln trying to prove himself. Um, And I feel like most of the the Lincoln episodes here in Season 3 are trying to make him, you know, become uh, a better character, but I think we kind of pulled out a lot over in Season 1. So, Season 3... With this episode of Lincoln Loud, um, I thought it was, I thought it was, well, like I said, mediocre, just because, um, he's, he's trying to, he's trying the easy way out throughout this whole episode. Like, he will get his mom to, you know, build a ladder for her, for him, he'll steal a birdhouse that Walt has, um, and even, like, go to a store to buy something. It's, he's just pretty much in the system, and of course he gets himself, he digs himself deeper and deeper into a, into a hole, which may not get out of when and apparently he did not get out of the last one um where he broke um a cupboard a, a pretty much a cupboard um to, I, I, I forgot what it was but it's for mrs johnson um and what's kind of crazy was that um the, the one redeeming factor though is that he was able to build his own um ladder even with the even with the ketchup stains not blood um and yeah I, I, and uh, yeah it was just uh, something that lincoln should have learned Instead of you know having to do all of this like unnecessary work, um, another thing too is that uh, don't mess with Walt. He really does mess with you if you mess with him. So <laughs> it's a lesson for that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you all as far as the episode being mediocre in itself. And I think that it kind of missed a, a moment here because it was talking about an important issue with panic and anxiety, but really doesn't. I don't know. Other than that, it doesn't really have anything else going for it. Although I gotta say, my favorite character in this episode is Walt, and now you better not steal his birdhouse. Now he's gonna, he's gonna come. For yeah, I, I was just freaked out. Whatever, um, Walt was just hella best, hella bad when it comes to stealing his birdhouse. It's crazy. Oh man. Uh, I, I want to see more episodes with Walt. If y'all don't know Walt, they somebody made a, a, a Twitter with Walt. And oh yeah, I follow that too. Yeah, well, because that's 
everybody knows the story. Everyone knows the story. So. Yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows all about it. Um, but knowing that fact, I did not know that actually that this was his last um, directed episode. And that's a bad way to end it, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's also the last to have Kyle and Chris Savino as co-directors. Kyle, mean by Kyle Mar- Marshall. Marshall. Uh, what's y'all's rating for this episode? This is the lowest rating I'm ever going to give for an episode. Four out of ten. I consider this extremely boring. Um, um, a lot better, a lot more improved. Um, so yeah, so give four out of ten. I have to say, um, yeah, it was mediocre, not great. But I, I understand Lincoln's little purpose here in trying to, um, you know, getting you get anxiety issues. I just don't. I just hate the fact that Lincoln had to cheap had to find the the, the was it the easiest way out instead of you know doing it himself. So that made me hate Lincoln a little bit. Um, but of course, redeeming himself at the end. But that looked like a little too late to me. I give it a six out of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten only because of Walt. <laughs> it's just the bird. <laughs> it's the bird. <laughs> uh, but that, yeah, um, if not, it would have been lower. But, uh, uh, that, that's all for this episode. And now we're going to all discuss uh, what's our favorite episode from this group of episodes. So, Lord Leader 9, go ahead. Oh, so many episodes. I loved so many. I, a couple I didn't like. Um, my favorite out of the ones we reviewed, um, Shop Girl, because it really showed a lot of um, Lenny's character, um, a lot of development in her character, started an awesome new story arc for her, and um, again, the life lesson of um, don't change who you are, be yourself. So. I love that one. All right. Um, one episode that I—I I mean, well, the, oh, sorry, the most reviewed, uh, the best reviewed episode, I believe, out of this batch would be the one that I that I gave a ten for. That would be Headboard's Anxiety. That definitely was a really good episode to uh, talk about. Um, Luann and Lucy—you never expect a sister chemistry just like that, and it turned out to be a really good story for the show. Really good writing. Um, so much good moments in this episode. Definitely one of my favorites for season three. Um, and yeah, it's just a really good, um, really good episode to talk about. Yeah, my favorite. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be a little different than most people. It's going to be uh, past your bedtime, and I think, I, like I said, it's from a biased point of view, especially sitting in an emergency room uh, with a bloody, broken finger, and anything that can distract me and make me laugh while I'm sitting there writhing in pain. It gives it, it gives it a few extra points, and, but it, it, in itself, it's a fu- it's a funny episode. And, uh, and that concludes uh, our episode, our, our, our podcast for today. So at this time, uh, Glorbley and I, where can they all find you out on the internet? You guys can follow me on my YouTube channel that is called Colord Lear 9. I've been making
Invidious is 2014, and I have a popular show on my channel called Seal Nine Reviews, where I may I mainly do um, Lighthouse reviews um, and lots of other stuff. I also have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you guys want to follow me there as well. I love chatting with you guys and love meeting new people and um, and yeah. So thank you guys so much for having me back on. I can't wait to do another one very soon and. Um, Stay lit, loud crowd, and stay gold. And this is Nate from the uh, fan page of The Loud House. You can follow us on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash fan page of The Loud House, or on our Twitter at fan page of TLH. Um, we always are bringing up any uh, news related to The Loud House and the new show, The Casa Grande. So just follow uh, us on our Twitter and Facebook so you can see more news of that. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, from, that's from us here from the fan page of The Loud House. Is Loudbrow. You can find me at Twitter at uh, Loudbrow or at excuse me at Jason H Brow. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see y'all next week. Later.